the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Happy Monday. What a beautiful Monday in Pittsburgh. It it feels spring-like, doesn't it? It does. It's not like super warm. So if you're going out and you think, you know, it's 80 out, it's no. not. You might be a little cold, but it's just beautiful. Listen, it was snowing yesterday. <laughs> Okay. When I came out, of, it was snowing. When I came out of the house to go to church, which yesterday morning around I don't know nine o'clock in the morning, eight forty-five, it was thirty-four degrees. Uh-huh. I was. It was very what is happening. I know. So, so, but that's okay. Positive trajectory because the next three days, uh, this whole week, it's going to be beautiful. Well, let's hope so because the, today's the last day of April. I for know. goodness' sake. Can you stand it's like it? The coldest April on record. Does that mean to, is May Day? Tomorrow's May Day. Tomorrow's right? May first. Does that mean we're going to have a maypole and the three of us are going to dance around it? You know, my mother was the May Queen around the maypole. She was? Mm-hmm. Uh, when she was in high school, it was sort of like the prom. That's how she used to describe it. I was like the prom queen, she said. But she was actually oh, the May Queen. The May Queen. Yes. That's great. I bet I knew Mike wanted to date the May Queen in high school. I bet you did, Mike. Am I right? He may have. Oh, plenty of times. Sure. <laughs> plenty of times. Yeah. What you just make the rounds? <laughs> she was out of my league, though. Yeah. She's yeah. the May Queen. I mean, she was good for February. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But not, I mean, the May yeah. Queen, it's that's different. That's a whole different thing. Hey, yeah. new Mike, welcome back. It's good to be back, guys. Yeah. yeah we want to extend our thanks to Classic Mike, who joined us on Thursday and yes. Friday in yes. New Mike's absence. We salute you, Classic it's good. Mike. It's so good to have so many Mikes. It, it is. I was um, with um, my brother in laws the other day, and uh, three of us are named John. <laughs> we were all three walking down the street together in the strip. I can't believe that. Hey, John. What's going on, John? I feel good because I never will forget his name. Right. And, he, and I always have a problem with names. So I'm always really comfortable in that, right. in that company. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. All right, good for you. Yeah. Okay, so kudos. Kudos to pirate pitcher Nick Kingham. Yeah, how about that? It was a gigantic day yesterday. for this guy yesterday. Seven scoreless innings to win his first start five to nothing over the St. Louis Cardinals. Here's Listen to this. He retired the first 20 batters. The most by any pitcher in his debut since at least 1961 really? before he allowed one lone base hit. Oh, that is fabulous. See, baseball's cool like that because when you're a pitcher, of course, you control the ebb and the flow of the game. It's you're singularly playing catch with another guy in the field. And so to see a guy, a young man who has been in the minor leagues for eight full seasons i think am i i'm pretty sure he was drafted the same year as tyone and glass oh, was he though okay so he wasn't on the radar as you know this is you know this is a, the prospect he's, he's been with the pirates miss. eight eight years so eight from, years from a uh, native of las vegas and there he comes on the mound finally he's making his major league debut he's at the show as they say mm-hmm. all his family all his friends were in attendance yesterday at an icy cold pnc park and he rose to the occasion Okay, so talk about watching it. Oh. It was high drama. It sure was. I mean, second inning, I was already like on the edge of my seat. I just couldn't get enough of it. And, you know, a perfect game, 
it doesn't matter if you're 35 or you know this is your first game like it was. Who who pitches a perfect game? I know. So everybody was rooting for him, and of course, then there was a hit that spoiled the perfect game. But it okay, it all turned out very well because he got the win, and the Pirates are in first place. Pirates are in first place on the last day of April. Pirates are in first place. Oh yeah, Pirates are in first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it feel better to beat the Cardinals more than it more Does than it ever. I, I mean, like if you, if we beat you know the White Sox in a couple of weeks, like I'm gonna feel good about that. Yeah. But you don't feel as good about that as you feel when you beat the cards. It's just a, because just, we've been beat. The cards have just had our number for the past yeah. decade and a half. Mm-hmm. They always beat us, always. Right. And this is not a particularly great Cardinal team, but still, doesn't we matter. Beat the cards. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care at all. It's kind of like beating the Braves. I always want to. I'm always happy to beat the Braves. Well, you just don't like their cheer. No, I do not. You know I that. Just, should I do it? No, no I'm not going to do it. That whole it's horrible. Tomahawk thing. I had a bad memory of that. Congratulations to Nick Kingham yeah, and, to, and, and to all the Pirates. And I brought that mm-hmm. up first only because it's such a happy story. And I don't want to get weighed down by the, the Penn's performance Please yesterday. Because no. it's just a game. Let it go. It's just a game. It's one game. And uh, Malkin, who I was sure was going to play, Did didn't not. didn't play. And Hagelin was still out. So our two, and our two a, stars. Yeah. And there's a lot of time. Mike, new Mike, you want to weigh in on that? I mean, there's a lot of time. There's a ton of time. You know what? No. I... Uh, I have to confess something. You didn't see the game. I don't even watch the recap. Okay, listen to me. Wait, wait I, I, I have something to confess too. Yeah? I'm in the same way. Okay, wait a minute. I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> because oh. it's Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Everyone's telling the truth here. I love listen, it. Okay? I it's had, Sunday afternoon. I, ha- I had something I had to do, so I recorded so I. Wait, I had So I recorded it, right? You're like a terrible like, like a good fan. Fans. And... So I sit down to watch it. It's like nine o'clock last night. Mm. Sit down to watch it, and I thought, wait, I, I should check and see if John's texting me about anything. <laughs> so I pull my phone out, and don't I see the score on my phone? Oh, and I was like, I don't. Why, why should I watch it. that? I'm not watching it. Not going to watch it. I can't believe none of us watched it. No, when, no. that you doesn't know, speak well. So, well, I didn't watch it, but I did listen to the last period. When oh, I was driving okay. Home. I listened right. to the first period on the way up to Grove City. And, yeah. I didn't, I didn't and that was enough. It. I didn't listen yeah. to any of it. It was fine. It was penalty kill after penalty kill after penalty kill. No, and I was just, I'm sick of this. I shut it off. Who, who, was so killing, who was killing penalties? The Penguins were. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And Wait. without Haglin, that's like, yeah. that's rough. And so you two work. always wearing your jerseys around yeah. here. I know. I feel like pretty good next year. You now. should feel good because yeah, I feel I bad. I feel fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mediocre fan just like you two. Yeah. It's very good. I really do. All right. Okay. Coming up next, it's our weekly meeting with Greg Clugston. He's the SRN White House correspondent. So for all the... All the inside scoop on what's happening inside the Jeez, beltway. John. I mean, gosh, you didn't like what he's saying. You shut off my mic. Anyway, Greg Clugston next. Just in a hurry. Just getting things done. Poorly. 101.5 WORD. On the next Focus on the Family, you'll hear the amazing story of the Napalm Girl, the central figure in the iconic prize-winning photograph from the Vietnam War. Kim shares her incredible testimony of being bombed when she was just nine years old and how she eventually found forgiveness. That's next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. At CVS Pharmacy at Target, we put a little extra heart into everything we do, like actively looking to save you money. Generics, 90-day refills, even rewards. Get a $5 Target coupon for every 10 prescriptions. On your next Target run, stop by CVS Pharmacy. We're the place with the big heart. 
Not valid on all prescriptions, including those purchased in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Other restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash extracare-target or the pharmacy for details. CVS Pharmacy at Target. Health is everything. Give those old, saggy, leaky gutters a good spring cleaning the easy way by saying goodbye to them for good. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder with LeafGuard, the only patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. No more leaves and debris. LeafGuard attaches directly to the fascia with patented internal brackets using screws, not nails, so it's not coming down even in rough weather. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and get LeafGuard now and take advantage of great savings like 75% off labor and installation. That's 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS. Call now and you'll even get a free $100 restaurant.com gift card along with your in-home estimate. Call 855 the number 4 new gutters and get LeafGuard today. 855 the number 4 new gutters. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. See anglergutter.com/currentoffers. Subject to change without notice. LeafGuard PA license PA126357. Moms, wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia from The Spring House, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will abound inside to go along with that tasty tender chicken when i was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds all my mom wanted for mother's day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests so bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm fresh meal that we started all those years ago oh yeah live music and free cones for moms too let us share a little of our farm with you the spring house in 84 pa 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Fire your stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Scott Bauer and I've been a professional trader for over 25 years. I've traded for Goldman Sachs and was the first Amazon market maker at the Chicago Board Options Exchange. I'm also the CEO here at Prosper Trading Academy, the leading educational firm teaching people how to trade the markets. For a limited time, I'm giving away one of my favorite secret trading techniques used by thousands of our students every day to help build their financial future. To learn this technique right now, call my 24-7 voicemail and just leave your email address. I'll email you my free trading technique right away. Just call one 800 228-2155. This is the very information my students use every day to invest in their financial future. Again, call 1-800-228-2155 in the next 30 minutes and leave your email address on my voicemail. That's 1-800-228-2155. Call 1-800-228-2155. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston joins us always as the first guest of the week to sort out the goings-on internationally, nationally, and across the country. And uh, this Monday, we're always happy to welcome back. Greg, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Hi, John. Thank you very much. Yeah, always good to hear from you, Greg. Um, Yeah, let's talk about the very latest news breaking. Um, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says he has dramatic new intelligence, which shows that Iran has been pulling the wool over everyone's eyes about its nuclear weapons program. Right. We had a a live TV presentation (laughs) beamed from Tel Aviv 
from Netanyahu earlier today where he had uh, visual aids and and evidence uh, claiming he claimed that the Israel had something uh, along the order of a half ton of Iranian nuclear documents that have been collected by Israeli intelligence. And he basically said, look, Iran has been lying for a long time. He said, Iran lied big time, were his words, Hmm. in terms of uh, the existence and the pursuit of a nuclear weapons program by the Iranian government. And so, obviously, what Netanyahu is doing here is he's trying to uh, you know, make the case on the global stage uh, that the Iran nuclear agreement is really uh, not being very effective because of, of, of what Israel believes is happening in terms of this secret uh, nuclear program by the Iranians. And here just a few minutes ago at a news conference, uh, the, the President Trump said that uh, he essentially supports, you know, what uh, what Netanyahu's been saying. The President said he's been saying this all along as well. Of course, we know uh, and have known for some time that the President does not think highly at all of that Iran nuclear deal, mm-hmm. and he has a couple of weeks before he uh, will publicly announce whether or not the U.S. is going to withdraw from that agreement. So, very interesting uh, to see what Netanyahu had to say today ahead of that upcoming deadline. It's a fascinating exchange. I mean, there, there was Netanyahu Yahoo on live television in Israel with his uh, trademark visual aids. And of course, this means a lot because Iran and their nuclear program is a deep and long threat, not only to the United States, but especially to Israel. Yes, absolutely. The Jewish state has been um, targeted by the Iranians, all kinds of rhetoric about wiping Israel off mm-hmm. the off the map, off the, you know the face of the earth kind of uh, rhetoric. And so uh, d- during the Obama administration, when this Iran nuclear agreement uh, with several other U.S. allies was being hashed out, Netanyahu was at odds, obviously, with Barack Obama over this and was was quite upset with the White House uh, position under President Obama uh, that the U.S. would go forward with this. And Netanyahu came to the United States, addressed Congress, made a big case here, uh, but the nations went ahead and, and decided to do that. Mm-hmm. And so all of the signals we're getting from Donald Trump right now is that he is inclined to withdraw the United States from the agreement. Mm-hmm. If that does happen here in a couple of weeks, what the unknown is, is is there a, is there a plan B? Is there going to be some sort of uh, renegotiated deal? The president said he's open to, to renegotiation as long as it, uh, it makes sense for the United States. Right. So what does this tell us about uh, – first off, let me ask you about the evidence that he showed because this was all happening as John and I were getting ready for the show. So I didn't see his you know, advanced you know, PowerPoint presentation, but it must have been persuasive. Well, he had video clips, and uh, he said Israel had 55,000 pages of documents as well as uh, CDs of uh, – hundreds of CDs of secret information uh, that the Israeli intelligence – uh, officials had uh, secured, uh, claiming they belonged to the Iranian nuclear weapons program, and that the material was gathered um, a few weeks ago. He was calling it a great achievement by the Israeli intelligence. Uh, but Netanyahu said the existence of the documents essentially proves that Iran is waiting to resume, um, you know, the idea to build a bomb, and that is what the. President Trump at the Rose Garden earlier this afternoon said is simply unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And one reason why the president doesn't like it is because it has it has an end end date to the agreement. Uh, he said seven years from now, in the year 2025, this agreement is basically expires. And he said there's nothing stopping 
you know, Iran from moving forward at that time if they're not doing so already. Although critics would point out, well, uh, you have seven years between now and then to, um, you know, to either enforce the agreement uh, in a in a more robust way or renegotiate something that might be more useful. The president would obviously w- would rather renegotiate it because he thinks the initial agreement was uh, not very good to begin with. Greg Clugson is with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, um, White House correspondent, were you in attendance at the White House correspondent's dinner where uh, so-called comedian Michelle Wolf held forth? I was not in attendance this year. I am a member of the Correspondents Association. I have attended a number of dinners over the years, although it's been a handful of years since uh, since I've been uh, a- attending and uh, to be honest, I was I was glad I didn't have to to be there this year. I am sure. So there's a fine line um, between good humor that is well intentioned and humor that becomes cruel, and I think we landed on the cruel side. Yeah, and to be honest, um, this is not the first year that questions have been raised about the tone of of the entertainment, quote unquote, entertainment. And um, although it certainly is, you know, reached a fever pitch this year, partly because of who is president and uh, sort of the an- antagonistic uh, comments that uh, fly, you know, from the president toward the press in general. Uh, and so that has heightened kind of the the tension around this whole event. And you're right. This uh, this event has has always been sort of uh, interesting and and strange in a way over yeah. the last fifteen twenty years. And I think we've talked about it over the yeah, years. Yeah. And especially um, not as much with the with the tone of the comedian, but sort of the uh, the influence of Hollywood. You know, the glitziness and having a red carpet for you know the White House correspondence dinner and and all the rest. Um, so what, what I find interesting is that um, it, it has almost uh, devolved into a roast, um, whereas in, in previous years, going back a number of years, you would have, obviously you would have some, some barbs aimed at the press corps and news organizations, even at the president and the White House, but uh, they weren't intended to be um, inflammatory. They were not intended to really... Um, be demeaning and nasty in tone, but just, you know, some light-hearted humor. And we've seen a real um, move away from that approach to the comedy. Yeah, and maybe I'm being too naive in saying that, you know, humor's well-intentioned, because, I mean, there were actual, you know, people very strongly disagreed, and that would come out in the correspondence dinner and the, and the you know, the comedy um, sectors of it. But this time, I don't know, it was rough. Rough. Yeah. Actually joked yeah. about abortion. No, yeah, I mean, not only nasty and rough and, and, and raunchy at times, and it's, it's too bad. You know, you get dressed up uh, for an event like that. It's a, it's a well-attended event. Um, it, it has been fun in previous years, um, but then when you have that uh, kind of material uh, that so many people, including a lot of the mainstream news organizations, were denouncing as simply inappropriate, that takes away from what, what could be kind of a classy evening. But it hasn't been a classy evening for a number of years, I would argue, and, uh, and and what's interesting is, and I and I know the Correspondents Association president Margaret Talib. She she works out of a booth just a couple doors down uh, from me here in the press uh, workspace area. She works for Bloomberg Bloomberg News, and she did put out a statement saying, "Look, um, the uh, the comedy, the entertainment on Saturday night did not live up to the spirit of the tone that she was uh, trying to establish." 
And obviously the dinner is more than just the Comedy Act. The dinner is a celebration of the First Amendment, of, of ongoing press relations between the administration and the press corps, as well as an opportunity to uh, hand out scholarships uh, to up-and-coming up journalists and to make awards for news coverage over the previous year. So um, there's, there's a lot that goes on at the dinner, but so much of it um, in terms of the public eye is, is reduced to whether the comedian is funny or not and whether it was controversial or not, and that's what we're looking at this year again. Yes. Uh, Greg, let's turn our eyes to North and South Korea because uh, what's fascinating, what happened this past week, I mean, no one could have imagined that this, was, this meeting was going to take place. It was really history wasn't it? Yeah, a meeting between the uh, the South Korean and the North Korean leaders. Yes. And right there at the uh, the dividing borderline and uh things that are are really moving it seems at a at a pretty uh, brisk pace now when it comes to North Korea and sort of chilling the tension that has been a big cloud really over the north, you know, over the Korean peninsula here for uh, literally for decades. And so what you had President Trump saying this afternoon is that uh and he said it earlier this morning on Twitter he's he's intrigued by the idea of his own upcoming summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong Un uh at the DMZ the demilitarized zone there on the border between North and South Korea he said so just a few minutes ago that uh he's embracing this idea to to p- perhaps possibly have the summit there as opposed to a host country somewhere else because he said if the summit turns out to be a success, what a great place to be right there at the, at the border dividing North and South Korea. So uh, whether, it, whether that site ends up being the actual location of the summit with Trump, we'll have to wait and see. But it's uh, sort of an intriguing idea. Mm-hmm. Just la- one last question for you. Uh, Ronnie Jackson at the VA. Your reaction? What do you know? Yeah, well, what's interesting, a couple of different things. One is you have these allegations that surfaced and were released by, you know, the senator, uh, the Democratic senator, John Tester, um, and other concerned members of Congress in terms of, uh, in a, you know, inappropriate uh, work behavior and, and his past record, which um, eventually led to him withdrawing his nomination uh, to head the Veterans Affairs because Jackson said it was simply a distraction to the White House. But now what's interesting is the White House uh, is not saying uh, one way or the other if Jackson is going to remain as the president's personal physician Hmm. here at the White House Medical Unit. Uh, There's been some reporting um, over the last 24 to 36 hours that Jackson is not going to be um, retained as the president's um, personal doctor here at the White House, but may stay in some capacity. Uh, and the White House says there's no personal announcements to make at this time. So there's a little bit of mystery still surrounding as to you know what his uh, what his future is, and if he were not to stay as the president's doctor, why not? I see. Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate you checking in and bringing us up to speed with uh, the political happenings here nationally and abroad. Always a pleasure. Lots going on. Thanks, you guys. Always Bye-bye. lots going on. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to talk about mortgages for mothers. How does this impact you? Stay tuned for that. Be right back. Were you born before the year 1956? If so, did you know you could be collecting between $575 and $2,200 in tax-free income right now? All thanks to the FHA. Or what about this? Did you know 54 U.S. congressmen have used a special tax-free account to earn up to 35 times more on their money? It's true, and you can do it too. 
These are just two of the secrets revealed inside a stunning new book from the Palm Beach Research Group and Ted Benna, the man behind the 401k. You'll discover the 18 best cash cows that can help you earn up to an extra $6,800 a month. You can get your own free copy. Just go to 501kretire.com right now while there are still copies left. That's 501kretire.com. 501kretire.com. Get what's yours. Just go to 501kretire.com right now. 501kretire.com. This is an amazing story about one of our own. His name is Guy Reschenthaler, and Western Pennsylvania is his home. Guy Reschenthaler volunteered for duty in the Iraq War. As a JAG officer in Iraq, Guy Reschenthaler prosecuted nearly 100 dangerous terrorists. But Guy Reschenthaler did something else. He successfully defended a Navy SEAL, falsely accused of misconduct. That's the kind of person Guy Reschenthaler is. If you need help, Guy is there. Here at home, we elected Guy Reschenthaler Magisterial District Judge, and then we elected Guy to the State Senate. Guy Reschenthaler is a proven winner. He's also a proven conservative. Guy Reschenthaler believes life is a gift from God and must be protected. That's why he supported groundbreaking pro-life legislation and worked to defund Planned Parenthood. Guy Reschenthaler, a conservative champion for Congress. Conservatives for PA paid for and is responsible for this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.conservativesforpa.com Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. I used to have a sweet tooth. Had it removed when I was a kid. So what do I crave instead of chocolate? A big red box from Granger. Granger satisfies my craving for great customer service. With 24-7 support, effortless ordering, and same-day pickup or next-day delivery options. No busy signals, no cavities. I love Granger. You know why? Because when it comes to reliable product and technical support, Granger's got your back. Call or click Granger.com to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It takes courage to stand up for what you believe. Courage I didn't have. When the discussion of homosexuality or same sex marriage came up, I'd just avoid it, mostly out of fear. That and not knowing what to say. My neighbor has a son who announced he was gay, and I've said nothing at all to her when she's mentioned her uncertainty. I've consoled myself that it's a fear others have, too, of a fear will come across as bigots. But then a friend of mine shared three booklets from Focus on the Family. Reading the first one called How Should We Respond was like finally exhaling that breath of fear I'd been holding so long. It gave me encouragement to speak up in bold love with information and scripture. I've gone through all three so many times they're dog-eared. I can't urge you enough to get these booklets free at focusissues.org. I'm looking forward to reaching out to my neighbor soon. Get your set of booklets free at focusissues.org. see clear skies across the area tonight the low 45 degrees tomorrow another beautiful looking day with bright sunshine a warmer afternoon high 76 clear skies and mild tomorrow night low 57 wednesday sunshine will be mixed with some clouds breezy and very warm with highs right around 80 degrees i'm AccuWeather meteorologist danielle niddle on 101.5 word fm Remember that great feeling when you finally moved into your very first house? For a lot of people, right, 
That's the American dream. Unfortunately, for some people, they just can't make it work. Well, Dollar Bank is presenting once again Mortgages for Mothers, May 19th, the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Here to speak to us about Mortgages for Mothers is Judith Mason from Dollar Bank. Hi, Judith. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. So, Judith, tell us about this program. Well, it's an annual workshop that we give um, every year for the last 19 years. Wow. This is our 20th year. Um, and it's to emphasize how important home ownership is to people. And um, it's, it attracts more than 300 attendees each year. Excellent. Who are looking to buy a home. So, Judith, what's the big stumbling block for women, especially women who are single, single, working a job, and just can't get it together financially? What, what are those things that stand in the way? A lot of people uh, don't know the home buying process. And there's a lot of fear in that, um, mm-hmm. and we can address that. Um, a lot of people don't think they have enough money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dollar Bank has a uh, three-to-one match program where you save $1,000 with Dollar Bank and a passbook savings account, and we match it with 3000 of our own money to help you out with closing costs. Very nice. Yeah. And there's a, there's a grant. There's a lot of different things that we can do to address the money piece. But the biggest piece that people are uh, hesitant to move forward on is the credit. Uh, sure. Because, because it, the process itself is daunting? Yeah. And a lot of people have not ever seen their credit sure. reports. And if right. they, You're afraid if what the heck them, is in there, right? They don't know what, what it means, right. you know? Um, they know they made some mistakes, but they don't know how to address them. I see. Good. So, we do this. This is all free. This whole program is free, and we can help them address anything that might keep them from getting home. Nice. May 19th, 9 a.m., registration opens up. Lynn Hayes Freeland is going to facilitate the whole process, the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Judith, if people are interested, what's the first step they should take? Um, they should reach out and register. Um, the phone number is one eight hundred three four five three six five five. Or go to our website, mortgagesformothers.com. Outstanding. And register. I love this. Many thanks to Dollar Bank for making this work. Come on, get out there and buy yourself a house. It's uh, change your life for the better forever. Judith Mason from Dollar Bank. Mortgages for Mothers, May 19th. David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Online at Dollar Bank. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. We all have people who have offended us, and if you are overly sensitive, you're going to live your entire life as a victim and with a mentality that will never turn loose of the past in order to live today. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Individual results may vary. He wasn't developing relationships with other children. He's mainly played by himself. I couldn't find anybody to help me. We did the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the neurologist and all the different ologists trying to find something that worked for him. School really wanted him medicated. I knew that Brooke could connect the dots, so to speak, because there was something just disconnected for her. Something Brain Balance did for me was help me understand why Louie was the way he was. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. At school, the teachers can't believe the change that has come about. Now he has a voice, whereas before he didn't have one. So for that, we're so grateful to Brain Balance. It's just been amazing what Brain Balance has done for her. It's a totally different 
life. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. I didn't consider you at first, the customer said. I have heard your commercials for years, but when it came time to buy a new mattress, I simply went elsewhere. This is Ron Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory. For some customers, we have initially been a second thought. Instead of coming straight to us for a new bed, they have first shopped at department stores, furniture stores, and mattress retail stores. It is only when they see the products and the prices, the constant sales ads, and countless models that they decide to give us a chance. One frustrated customer noted, They claimed they had sales, but the pricing was ridiculously high. I searched for the original mattress online and was absolutely impressed with all the knowledge on your website. He came in and took the model of his choice home that night. The original mattress factory was not the first place that popped into my mind, he said, but now you have a customer for life. The original mattress factory. Make us your first choice from this second on. Visit us on the web at OriginalMattress.com. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to Fine Arts, Service Activities, and more, Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. Make your home an ADT home and help protect against break-ins, fire, and carbon monoxide. Get our lowest rate for fast response monitoring, starting at just $28.99 a month. That's about a dollar a day from the most trusted name in home security. Get ADT's tested, trusted, and proven security and service now at a great value. Don't wait. Call today. ADT. Always there. Now everywhere. Requires 36-month monitoring contract. Early termination, taxes, and selfies apply. Certain markets excluded. See terms and pricing at ADT.com. The magazine GQ, or Gentleman's Quarterly, created a bit of a kerfuffle in Christendom whenever they published their recent edition. And an article said, uh, headlined, 21 books you don't have to read. Now, it's not hard to imagine the stretch that uh, one of those books of the 21 was the Holy Bible. What? That's a surprise. And, of course, the pitchforks came out and people Mm. were storming uh, the Bastille. Here to talk to us about this is a Tim... Uh, (laughs) Tim, I'm sorry. I got to stop. Are you there right now? Yes. (laughs) This is so absolute. This hacks me off, Tim. Yeah. Tim Uhlhoff from Biola University. Tim, it's it's just crazy, isn't it? Well, okay. So here's what I do with my students, my comm students. I I let them know about the GQ snub, right? Yeah. And then I have them read out loud 1 Peter 3, uh, 9, that says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. So then I say to him, okay, let's do the first part, just for the heck of it. Let's do insult for insult towards GQ. So we could say things like, GQ, you're in 25 different countries, right? I do a podcast uh, with a friend of mine, a psychologist, called The Art of Relationships. Yes. We're in 69 countries. <laughs> um, you could say the Bible's sexist. Well, you've been hit with sexist charges, uh, just how you handled the show Glee, where you uh, over-sexualized two of the female actresses on the cover yes. of your magazine. Uh, do you want to go controversy for controversy, insult for insult? We got it. We're, we're right there. But Peter says, don't do that. Don't do this. 
Yeah, and, and we had a national voice. You know, he has a prominent platform, a Christian voice, who said, well, I certainly don't get my uh, fashion advice from GQ, and now I don't get my literary advice from GQ, right? Mm-hmm. So GQ's been around since 1931. Um, it, went, it just won a Pulitzer, uh, in in uh, 2018, won a Pulitzer for an article about the Charleston shootings. Wow. So again, let's not let's not do that. Let's not minimize them. And and so then I say to my students, okay, if we're not going to do an insult for insult, which by the way feels great. Can I just be really transparent with your listeners? It feels great to do insult for insult, right? Go after my sure. favorite book. I'll go after your magazine, sure. right? Yeah. But Peter says, don't do that. Specifically, don't do that. So then I force my students to say, okay, what would it sound like to disagree with GQ, but do it as, in the form of a blessing? Um, and I got to tell you, John and Kathy, it is dead silence for my students. Mm-hmm. It really? is crickets mm-hmm. because they've been brought up in the argument sure. culture. Right. That's, right. that's where we are in America. Uh-huh. Yeah, the that's right. So I said, okay, mm-hmm. we're Christian communicators. We are held to a much higher standard. Amen. So now what does this blessing sound like? So here's what I would say. Let's not be thin-skinned. My goodness, if you read the Bible and you don't have uh, difficulty with parts of it, then you've not authentically read the Bible. Yes. If the Bible doesn't cause you pause in certain places, then you're skimming through the Bible just looking for highlights and parts that make you feel really good. My son is a Biola graduate, and him and a friend of his read the Bible in one year. And, and he was living at home after he graduated, and he kept saying to me when he was in the Old Testament, Dad, what about this passage? Dad, mm-hmm. what would you say? To, and I kept saying, Jason, that's why I read the book of Proverbs and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> bring me back. Right, right. Please bring me back. Right. right. So let's, let's just be honest that there's, there's parts of it that, yeah, give me trouble. That there's parts of it that of cause course, me right. pause. Right? GQ, mm-hmm. so you're finding those parts. I'm, let me read you this interesting quote that I came across from uh, Peter Scazzario. He wrote... Um, Scazzaro. Yeah, yeah, he wrote The Emotionally Healthy Church. Yeah, yeah, Church. Emotionally Healthy yeah, Church, right. Yeah, this is what he says. I-, I thought this was a great quote. The Bible does not spin the flaws and weaknesses of its heroes. Moses was a murderer. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Peter rebuked God. Noah got drunk. Jonah was a racist. Jacob was a liar. John Mark deserted Paul. Elijah burned out. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. Thomas doubted. Moses had a tempter. Timothy had ulcers. And all these people send the same message that every human being on earth, regardless of their gifts and strengths, is weak, vulnerable, and dependent on God Mm -hmm. and others. So I'd say That's so good. Yeah, isn't that good? That's really good. Yeah, right. We're flawed people. But here's what the Bible is about. The Bible is about a righteous, good God who is deeply disturbed with this world. And in the Old Testament, what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to just turn a blind eye to um, things that cultures are doing when it involves children and women and, and uh, horrible sexual practices? Does he just stand there and say, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? I don't want to get criticized later of being a cosmic bully. So God acts, and sometimes he uses military strength to do it, and sometimes he judges. And again, we can all step back and say, well, I wouldn't have done it that way, or I think mm-hmm. that was too much. But in the end, God is saying, listen, the things that you're disturbed about on this planet, I am deeply disturbed about, and I'm not going to sit by and just watch this happen. And then you get to the New Testament, and you meet one of the most interesting historical figures, 
we've ever come across. The Buddhists would say that he's one of the most, the wisest men who's ever lived. Islam would say he's one of the top five prophets of, of Islam. Uh, Christianity would say he's the son of God. So, and it's figuring out, well, how does God act as a human being? What does he do? What does he pay attention to? What does he say? What doesn't he say? So I would say to GQ, listen, I, 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 get, I get that you guys are free to critique the Bible. I, I get that you're saying it's overrated, don't need to read it. I'm just saying it's an incredibly provocative book. Mm-hmm. And if it's true, changes the course of human history. So I give you every right to criticize a book that's really dear to me, um, and I'm just not going to go off and attack GQ now. I'm right. going to say, you know what, give it another read and, right. and let it sit in a little bit. Just like um, you've earned the right to be provocative and have your readers um, and kudos for your Pulitzer, I just say have a little bit more respect towards the Bible and I will show you respect towards your publication. That's good. Have that's a little a good, more respect, yeah. That's a good word, I mean, Tim. I think, you know, today we are in the world of publishing, Tim, most people read GQ at the barbershop if they even read it there. And and I guess, you know, like, to get your reading uh, do's and don'ts from GQ, from Gentleman's Quarterly, that's kind of a low bar. Yeah, but, but, I, but so I counter John and say, yeah, but they just got a Pulitzer. They just yeah, got a Pulitzer I for their that. handling of Charleston shooting. I get so that. So again, I, I don't want to go that route with them because... I think as a Christian communicator, it's like um, I'm not going to go after your sacred magazine the way that you went after Mm -hmm. my sacred book. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I see that. But I think, and you know, I have to. I'm trying to be as honest as possible. Um, The Bible part didn't really bother me, only because if you haven't read the Bible, what basically what that portion of the article what it lists are the things everybody says about the Bible who doesn't read it. So, I mean, there's nothing new there. But I got to be honest, what bothered me more than the Bible part was the title of the article as it was. 21 books you don't have to read. I can't stand when anybody says that. Anybody to, oh, oh, you know what? Let me tell you, these are books you don't have to read. Well, you know what? We're fortunate enough to live in a society where we can read any book we want. And right. so having anybody tell me, no, 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 this is a Skip book that. you shouldn't read bothers me. It automatically raises a red flag to me. Like, wait a minute. Well, I should be allowed to read it. Let, let me bring up an example. The very first one that's stated here is Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. Now, I've never read Lonesome Dove, and I've book. never read anything by Larry McMurtry. It's a lovely book. But the criticism of it, according to Lauren Groff, who's, who um, is a GQ ed- uh, editor, she or he says this. I actually love Lonesome Dove, but I'm convinced that the cowboy mythos with its rigid masculine emotional landscape, glorification of guns and destruction, and misogynistic gender roles is a major factor in the degradation of America. Now, I'm not saying that she's right or wrong about that because I can't assess it, but deciding, therefore, if that's the case, that that's a book you shouldn't read, I think is how we've ended up a polarized country. Like looking at someone who has a vastly different point of view, the reason we read is to put ourselves into a different situation so we can understand the other, right? That's why we do it. Yeah, I, oh, I absolutely, Kathy. And again, um, Huckleberry Finn, yeah, it's a period piece. And to understand how people thought during that time and to understand that slice of American history. Reading a book doesn't mean you condone the book. 
we read to understand and see perspectives and enlarge our perspective. So, and this brings up a bigger problem for me, is to summarize the Bible in one right. short I know. paragraph. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Is what we're, yeah, it's what we're doing today. Right. Yeah. Yeah, today yeah. This is yeah. Nicholas Carr's critique of us, of social media, is that we do what he calls power browsing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just very quickly skimming through incredibly difficult things. Can you imagine power browsing Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven? Lonely man, wife dead, scary bird, nevermore, isn't literature wonderful? That's you know it. what I mean? Thank you very wow. much. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow! So I'm opposed to power browsing of any kind. Oh, right. yeah. Let right. the weight of yeah. certain books just stand. I'm right. into that. Right. And, yeah. So and yeah, again, yeah. we have to. You know, they're being provocative. They're trying to. Sell yeah, and I get that. Right. Yeah. I, know, I, I get that they're trying to do that. But don't. I just want to stand up for reading. I want to stand yeah. up for reading. Like for, read a book that you, is going to is going to mess with you a little bit. Yeah. Just yeah. because it's going to make you think. It's going to make you into a better thinker. Yes. Now, to be fair, I, I think we should just read. As you read the first, this is what GQ had to say about the Bible. And again, I mean, if you're a Christian, you should just be used to this. It doesn't really matter. It's just right. another kind of like someone's smacking you or someone's sticking their thumb in your eye. Here's what GQ says about the Bible. Uh, Number 12. The Holy Bible is rated very highly by all the people who supposedly live by it, but who in actuality have not read it. Those who have read it know that there are some good parts, but overall it is certainly not the finest thing that man has ever produced. It is repetitive, self-contradictory, sentinous, foolish, and even at times ill-intentioned. If the thing you heard was good about the Bible was the nasty bits, then I propose a go to Christoph's The Notebook, a marvelous tale of two brothers who have to get along when things get rough. The subtlety and cruelty of the story is like that famous sword stroke from below the boat that plunged upward through the bowels, the lungs, and the throat, and into the brain of the rower. At least it wasn't Nicholas Sparks' The Notebook. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Could be a lot worse. Hey, but John, you know what's funny about that? So when I heard about this GQ thing, I read that and I thought, you know, that was a lot tamer than I thought. I Mm. thought so too. It could have been longer for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just... there's some good parts, but you know what? It's self-contradictory. It's a little. Rep- Can we just at least say that parts of the Bible are repetitive? Right. I mean, look at Can numbers. Just... There's a lot of repetition right, right. in there. <laughs> Heck yeah. Right, and and that it's ill-intentioned. I thought, wow, okay, that he could have got a lot nastier mm-hmm. than that. Yeah, yeah. It but just... I, Kathy, I love your point. Read a book that disturbs you every once yeah, in a while. And so here's what we do: is Rob Bell's book Love Wins. Yeah. Right, it was labeled heretical from the get-go. Yeah. So, for my students to be seen with that book, it's like, what are you doing reading that book on campus at Biola? Yeah, I was like, well, hey, listen, we're at a university, and again, you know, my students. I've said this before in your show. My students read the Quran cover to cover. They just finished, literally last week, doing that, and the reaction they get from some people, parents included, is like, what are you, what are you doing reading that book? Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, because it, it's, it's not university. condoning to read. Right. That's, okay, that's our problem. Our problem is that we want our views reinforced at all times, right? That's where yeah. we've fallen short. Yeah, and that's not education. That, yeah. My job is to dislodge some people and to get them to think outside the box, learn to take other people's perspectives so that you can have credibility when eventually you do want to critique a person's perspective. So. Yeah, I agree that reading is is one of – and again, having lived in the former Soviet Union with my wife for a year, Kathy, to your point, talk about people that were afraid to read. Mm -hmm. It was banned. And so I love that we live in a country where it's like, listen, we're we're not muting people's voices, although – 
it sure seems like Christians have been on the chopping block lately in the mm-hmm. state of California. We can probably talk about that another yeah, show. Yeah, right. That's a whole that's a whole other segment, Tim. Right. Right we're, we're, getting, we're getting hit hard yes. here we in sure California. Are getting hit hard. Sure. Yeah, we are. Well, Tim, thanks an so, awful lot. Always appreciate it. You bet. Yeah, thanks a lot. GQ, 21 books you don't have to read. Tim Yulhoff from Biola University. He's the author of I Beg to Differ and co-author of Authentic Communication, Christian Speech, Engaging Culture. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. Hi, this is John Hall. How'd you sleep last night? I slept good, real good. Last night, I fell asleep fast. Then I dreamt about tropical beaches, little puppies, a mountain of candy, and steak. I mean, that's a really good night's sleep. And I woke up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's all thanks to my pillow, And that same great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go. Right now, inventor Mike Lindell is offering his four-pack special for Word FM listeners. Get two full-size my pillows and two go-anywhere pillows so there's no excuse not to get a good night's sleep where Wherever you go. Plus, the machine washable and dryable and are backed by MyPillow's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School. 412-242-8886. The question is, what did you get her for Mother's Day? Tom. A socket set? No. Stanley. A vacuum cleaner? No. Michael. Tickets to Ladies Night Out with Amy Barnes? Correct. Tell him what he's won. Michael, you win hero status when you send her and a friend to Ladies Night Out Friday, May 11th at Impact Christian Church Moon Township. A night of carefree shopping, VIP dining, and side-splitting entertainment with comedian Amy Barnes. Friday, Mother's Day weekend. RSVP now at wordfm.com. Reflecting on GQ's article, 21 books you don't have to read, um, I posit that we live in a tremendous society where we have the opportunity to read anything. And so we should take advantage of that. Don't read books just by people you like or people who are like you. Just read. Just read, and it'll it'll change your world. Okay, but I, a couple of these are, are, are egregious. 
couple of the of the 21 books that are listed that you don't have to you read mean to me other than the Bible? are egregious. The Bible being the number one one yes, that's egregious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a couple of these just I, I can't stand. I couldn't believe. John Adams by David McCullough. Please do not waste your time reading that. Listen, this is what they say. David McCullough is one of our foremost historians, and his books are written with great care and impressive attention to detail. They also happen to be the driest, boringest tomes you'll ever sludge through. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, not every book has to be like, you know, a, an epic quest. Okay? I love John Adams. Yeah. I loved that book. There was nothing remotely boring about that book. Millions of others loved the book as well. I I, I do believe that he won a Pulitzer Prize for John Adams. Uh, He did. Okay. I thought he did. And also for Truman. It was a dry Pulitzer Prize. For what? Just for dry. Just so ridiculous. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn Mm -hmm. by Mark Twain. Now, one thing I like about the commentary on on Huck Finn, it talks – well, it says it's tedious and it's meandering – which I don't think is tedious or meandering, and I loved Huckleberry Finn. But in the in the don't read Huckleberry Finn, but you should read. She says, and by she I mean Katie Weaver. She says you should read Frederick Douglass's firsthand account of slavery, which is epic. Sure, you and should also read yeah. That. So you should also read that. But listen to what she says. She quotes Frederick Douglass. You want to hear what Frederick Doug? What the yeah. quote she picks out from Frederick mm-hmm. Douglass? Yeah, sure. This is really excellent. Frederick Douglass makes observations like this quote. I love the pure, peaceable, and impartial Christianity of Christ. Therefore, I hate the corrupt, slaveholding, women-whipping, cradle-plundering, partial, hypocritical Christianity of this land. Love that. I mean, that is a tremendous quote. So I got to give Katie Weaver. Yeah, I really like that. I think she was trying to give it as a diss. Yeah, where it, it, it's just that's a that's a beautiful beautiful defense of the gospel. She was unaware. So okay, she I, I love that. Number fourteen's Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, I saw that. People, uh, don't just just skip right by that. People, wait. Just skip she right says by I have to read it. No, no, no. This is by Manuel Gonzalez, who is clueless apparently because he says that it never seemed to me Tolkien cared about his story as much as he cared about rendering in minute detail the world he built. What? It's only one of the most epic pieces of literature written in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's top three. This sounds like someone's sophomore high school English lit lit diss. Dracula. I think Dracula's fabulous. You should read Dracula. Yeah. You should read what's wrong with Dracula. Uh, Life by Keith Richards. I gotta okay, be honest. I mean, maybe I'm not gonna read that. Just skip but that. But it's not like I shouldn't read it. I could if I no, wanted no. to. If I was a like, if you were a Stones fan, wouldn't you be interested in that? I've read a lot. Maybe. maybe. I mean, not. maybe not. He no, fell out of a coconut I tree. Pro- I think you probably. How about uh, Gulliver's Travels? Did I've you, never you read, read Gulliver's oh, Travels. It's fabulous. Is it? Yeah. What, why why it? don't they it's, like it? They say it's a dreary satire. Uh-huh. It's routinely inflicted on high school English classes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, that's fine. Um, now, here's the thing. She she says you should, yeah, which means you should treat it like Don Quixote and read the first half before calling it a day. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I had a real hard time getting through Don Quixote. It's about 5,000 pages. Did you I read think. it? Yes. But you read it. Yeah, I read it. Was it for it. class or for? It was for. Yeah, yeah, of course. Look, I don't have enough fortitude to read it on my own. Yeah, I read yeah. it for a class. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. I mean, so, I mean, but here's the thing. So I didn't, I didn't love Don Quixote, but I have a friend, Heather, who 
that's her favorite book of all time. No kidding. She absolutely, and she's probably 30 years old. So what's interesting is, you know, when the, a lot of these books, with the exclusion of the Bible, including the Bible as well, but your whole world is, your whole worldview could be informed by this. Yes. Whether it's Don Quixote, right? right. right? Or, your, or your whole worldview might be unmoved, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't read Books. Yes. Just read, 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 read different things, read well, better look, things, read word, just read. I mean, Tim Ulhoff saying he spent a year in Russia, you could not read. Right. Right. I mean, look at Boris Pasternak won the Nobel Prize for Literature, and he wasn't even allowed to be awarded it because he had to have left the country because they were pursuing him because of the book he wrote. Yes. I mean. So thank you, GQ. 21 books you don't have to read? Nah, read them all. Just because you can't. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says his government has obtained half a ton of secret Iranian documents, proving the Tehran government once had a nuclear weapons program, calling it a great intelligence achievement. Netanyahu said the documents show that Iran lied about its nuclear ambitions before signing a 2015 deal with world powers. This atomic archive clearly shows that Iran planned at the highest levels to continue work related to nuclear weapons under different guises and using the same personnel. President Trump says he'll make a decision on whether the U.S. will stay party to the nuclear agreement with Iran. I'm not telling you what I'm doing, but a lot of people think they know. And honor before the 12th will make a decision. That doesn't mean we won't negotiate a real agreement. On Wall Street, the data by 148 points. This is SRN News. Moms, wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, and I am so blessed to get to work side by side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will abound inside to go along with that tasty, tender chicken. When I was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds, all my mom wanted for Mother's Day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests. So bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm-fresh meal that we started all those years ago. Oh yeah, live music and free cones for moms too. Let us share a little of our farm with you. The Spring House in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. This is an amazing story about one of our own. His name is Guy Reschenthaler, and Western Pennsylvania is his home. Guy Reschenthaler volunteered for duty in the Iraq War. As a JAG officer in Iraq, Guy Reschenthaler prosecuted nearly 100 dangerous terrorists. But Guy Reschenthaler did something else. He successfully defended a Navy SEAL, falsely accused of misconduct. That's the kind of person Guy Reschenthaler is. If you need help, Guy is there. Here at home, we elected Guy Reschenthaler magisterial district judge, and then we elected Guy to the state senate. Guy Reschenthaler is a proven winner. He's also a proven conservative. Guy Reschenthaler believes life is a gift from God and must be protected. That's why he supported groundbreaking pro-life legislation and worked to defund Planned Parenthood. Guy Reschenthaler, a conservative champion for Congress. 
Conservatives for PA paid for and is responsible for this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.conservativesforpa.com Each year, over 1,500 homes and businesses across the tri-state are not replacing their cracked and sagging driveways, sidewalks, and foundation slabs. Instead, they're restoring them like new with A1 Concrete Leveling and Foundation Repair for 50 to 70% less in a single day. A1 Superior Process doesn't use foam chemicals, but natural limestone grout, so there's no dangerous off gassing and no mess. Eliminate tripping hazards and save money with the area's premier concrete leveling company. Visit a1now.com. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free Mortgages for Mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop, Saturday, May 19th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit MortgagesForMothers.com today. Dollar Bank, Equal Housing Lender. We'll see clear skies across the area tonight, the low 45 degrees. Tomorrow, another beautiful looking day with bright sunshine, a warmer afternoon, high 76. Clear skies and mild tomorrow night, low 57. Wednesday, sunshine will be mixed with some clouds, breezy and very warm with highs right around 80 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you. This spring-like Monday feels good, doesn't it? Feels great. Yeah. I love everything about it. Me too. We're in sandals. I am too. I just threw caution to the wind. Yeah. Nice. I don't have any socks on, neither do you. Nope. I thought it smelled funny around here. No, no, it's fine. We are feet... My feet are clean. I'm sure yours are as well, Kat. <laughs> I, I can't speak for your. I appreciate feet. your confidence. I, mean, I can't speak for your feet. I'm just saying, my feet are clean. Just saying. I mean, yes, they are. Okay, I, I just, want you to confirm that. I wasn't That's sure why. how we ended up in this conversation spot, but I want to assure you that yes, indeed, I've showered. It's new Mike. Okay? He's casting aspersions <laughs> to the wind. There. New Mike, welcome back. Took a couple days off last week. We missed you. Uh-huh. Good to be back. Missed you guys. Very nice. Expressing our thanks to Classic Mike for sitting in. Thank yes. you, Mike. Wonderful to have a selection of mics here at Word FM. It is. Yeah, very much I so. I feel very lucky for it. Yeah. Hey, um, you are not a dog lover, are you? I am a dog. I am an absolute dog lover, but not for myself. Like, I love everyone else's dogs. I love dogs. Why is that? No interest in having a dog. Why? I, it's just... What's the problem? It, it's a lot of work. And I really... The whole... Like, when I... My my alarm goes off at 5.30 in January, and my eyes like can hardly open, and I look out at these poor people who are walking their dog on my street. Mm. I think, you know what? No. They're getting some exercise. I'm sure they are, they're and out I'm, there. I'm happy for them. But and they're also keeping your neighborhood safe. Yeah, which right? I'm glad for keeping also. An eye out for and things. I love their dogs, and every time I see them, I give their dogs lots yeah, of yeah. love and affection. Uh, no interest in having a dog. I, you just grew up in a dogless house, so you don't have I, that I grew in up life. in a petless home. Petless home. Petless home. That's rough. No pets at all? None. Not I mean, we had tropical parakeet? fish. Tropical fish? A lot of tropical fish. Really? No parakeets, no hamsters, nothing? No. None Turtle? Of, no. It's pretty low maintenance. It, doesn't, it wasn't to do with maintenance. It was just, you know, my parents are just not pet people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you've... Well, you're a cat person. Yes. I, I really... I deeply 
love cats. Yes. I mean, there is something so ridiculously f- weird about cats. No, they're I incredible. Just, I can't get enough of cats. Very good. Well, today's National Adopt a Shelter Pet Day. It's a great day. It is. I love that. Where were we? We were somewhere like, uh, I was having my sister last week. Oh, I know. We were in the strip. Mm-hmm. And they had like a, a fenced-in area where they were trying to get you to adopt a, a cat or a dog. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. You think they were giving the things away? Oh, my gosh. Were people so excited? People lined of up. Of course. And the, the oh, that's are, wonderful. Dogs are sleeping. The cat's walking around with the attitude. <laughs> you know. Now, the, I love it so much. You ever been to a shelter? Oh, yeah. We go to Animal Friends kind of – not kind of. I shouldn't say regularly, but we go we go periodically to Animal Friends and just walk walk around, break your walk heart? around, and just kind of you know pet a cat, break and your heart, love a dog, and I can't do that. No, often. no, no, no. It should not break my heart. No, it I love it so much. It shouldn't I, break your heart. I want to take every animal no. home. Okay, I understand that, but you know what I do when I go there? I think we live in an incredible society that cares about animals like this. Yes. There are people who work in this place, who built this building, who volunteer their hours to come here and care for animals. That's just, we are privileged yes, people. Yes, we are. You know, traveling in a third world country, mm. what's the view on animals? Yeah, not too good. I mean, What's for dinner? It's an amazing gift we have that there are humans who care for animals here. Yes. So it's just a great thing. Very have nice. you ever adopted an animal from a shelter? I have never not adopted an animal from See, a shelter. There you go. Okay, so the first animal, can you remember that you adopted from a shelter? Uh, that was, was the, it Julie? Wait, was, was it wasn't Cindy? It wasn't. Cindy. No, Cindy. I was a little boy when Cindy was an old girl. Oh, okay. So yeah. Okay, so you weren't there for Cindy. No. Uh, my first one was Chipper. Chipper. Yeah, the Chip Ale okay. macaroni. Oh, great. Oh yeah, he was good. Um, and what was he? What was he? Yeah. A Heinz fifty-seven. Was he a dog or a cat? Oh, he's a dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I did not have a cat until I was living in New York City, of all places, and I found this cat on the street. Uh, my mother was not a cat person. Mm. She was always thought they were kind of dangerous and weird. Mm-hmm, sure. But then she changed they her are tune later on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we've always gone to the shelter. and uh, The two dogs – well, the one dog was given to me from a friend. Dog, a dog I have now is from Puerto Rico, for goodness sake. Talk about a shelter. Okay. So talk about how you ended up with the Rube. Yeah. So we had a kid a, – a, a boy. <laughs> we had a kid. We got a kid. Oh, gee, we're talking about how beautiful the animals are, but we've had this <laughs> kid, too. We got a kid. I mean, my kid. It's my kid. I'm a dad. I got a kid, and he grew up afraid of dogs. So I was like, well, that's not good. Our kid can't be afraid of dogs. Go, you know, we love dogs. So uh, I saw in the PG, I don't know, that dog's 15 years old now. Wow. saw in the PG that uh, there was a hurricane that had to- blew down a shelter in Puerto Rico. And a local shelter, I think I'm in Washington, PA, had some sort of agreement with them. They brought all these little dogs up. And the dogs are called Sotos, which are essentially Puerto Rican street dogs. And they're like these little whip things. They, they Actually, when the dog was a, a, a tiny dog, when it was a, 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 it looked like a little baby greyhound. Mm, yeah, really skinny, mm-hmm. tall legs. She mm-hmm. was certainly traumatized in Puerto Rico because she was just scared to death of men, particularly me, which did not work out really well. Mm-hmm. I did not like this dog at all. Now I'm like crazy for this dog. I, it's like this is the sweetest little crazy pathetic dog I've ever had in my entire life. She's really old and she's pretty much blind and deaf, which makes me want to love her more. And her name is? Uh, her name is Ruby. 
Hey, Rube. I call her the Rube. Yeah, Ruber. Isn't she, isn't she pathetic? Of course. She is, I love she her so is much. Uh, in psychological distress at mm, all times. She really is. Yeah, she's super She's super sweet yep. and really concerned about everything. Everything, mm-hmm. yeah. God yeah. bless her. But she's losing it. You know, yeah. She's up in those years now, and she's incontinent, and mm. she can't see her thing or hear her thing. And But I love her. She sure. still wanders around right. the backyard. God bless her. Yep. Um, so I have never... I've never pr- see all of my cats. I've purchased from from like Craigslist, or, I've just, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. say purchased. Yeah, I mean just exchange. Somebody had a kid, so that's kind of a shelter pet. They weren't actually in a shelter, but they're like they were born to people that didn't want them right, and were right. about to put them out. Okay, so uh, so somebody gave us a corgi, right? A beautiful corgi, right? The prettiest. Uh, these corgi. two these two cor- friends of ours had two corgis that didn't get along. So someone sent an email out and said, "Anybody want a corgi?" I was like, "I got a crazy dog from Puerto Rico that doesn't like me. I'll try my luck with a with a corgi." <laughs> so this corgi came into our life, and it really helped out tremendously. The crazy little Ruberino just really did. Just, so here's the weird thing: there is a bias, earned or not, of those people who have purebred dogs that were not in a shelter. And there are people who think, well, because I'm in a, you know, I've got a shelter pet, that somehow I'm in a moral high ground, which I did, which I don't right. believe. I don't believe that either. I don't believe that either. I think because here's the thing, I because I live close to animal friends. Yeah, I went multiple times when last year we were looking for kittens, um, and so I we went and we taught we were with old cats and we were with young cats and we I just spent it. a lot of time with all the cats there but none of them were like they weren't they weren't the ones for us they didn't speak to they you. just didn't speak to us that's fine but but you know we tried it out and then i just saw two that you know i have a bunch of kittens on craigslist it was a woman in slippery rock and so i just drove up and i said to my girls this, these might not be it either but you know we're gonna give it a try yeah but then when i went up and saw them that they did. were my i knew i knew my gus and my shore they were made for you I however have. You gotta love a shelter. I mean, because, so, but then I left with four cats, you know, which is a story. Whole for other time. story. But you gotta love a shelter because what the trend is that a lot of shelters are trying to become no kill shelters. I mean, the, the truth is there are just so many strays. Right. Right. Dogs. People don't get their dogs spayed, which or is neutered, why you which need is crazy. to get your cats and dogs of spayed you do. and neutered immediately. Yes. Please, it is irresponsible to animals that we love to not spay and neuter them. There's just too many pets running around. So you appreciate the shelters, and especially the no-kill shelters. They're bringing pets in and trying to give them a safe, loving, kind home, Mm -hmm. which is what everybody wants. Right. I would just encourage you to go to a shelter and hang out for a little bit. We went, all four of us. I can't do that. That breaks my heart. I understand. I understand. My husband and I and our girls went, and it's just, if you can, I understand it's also heartbreaking, but if you can look at it on the other oh, side, like I said before, gone. and just realize how wonderful, it, like encourage the people that work there. And I went up to each person that was there, and I said, I am so glad you work here. Mm-hmm. Good for you for and working. And they were like, would you like a dog? Working here. Yeah, she, she was like, okay, I'm done in five minutes. And okay. you wanted? Yes. And I was like, I'm just trying to be mm-hmm. encouraging. I smell so. like fleas and urine, and please help See me out later. here. Would you please? Right. Just please. I me. did meet some mean cats there. They're in a shelter. They what, do you think they're like all happy? I'm just saying that they were kind of mean. I understand like withdrawn cats, yeah. but like the aggressively mean cats, I was like, yeah, it's, you're, the not, deal. you're not selling me here. Imagine you in a shelter, okay? You would not be very happy. I'm... Okay. But so if you and Mike were looking for a talk show host and you came and you came to you know my little do? area. I'd walk it like, you know, where you were fenced and there was a like little concrete with the water running. Mm-hmm. I'd sort of give you a sideway glance and move quickly. Uh, you know what I mean? Just kind of because you break my heart. Yeah. Oh, would you break, yeah. 
break your There's heart. There's Kath in there. Yeah, that's, okay, that's, that's mean. Yeah. All right, listen, on this day in history, Uh-oh. April 30th, 1973, uh, President Richard Nixon announced that White House Counsel John Dean had been fired along with Haldeman and Ehrlichman. Next, we'll talk about the Watergate scandal and the combination of Billy Graham and Richard Nixon. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. How do you see the world around you? The need for the hour is for Christians to have a Christian world view that is based on truth. Hear Adrian Rogers' insightful study, A Christian Worldview, How to Speak the Truth in Love, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and so you probably know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation. Typical savings, 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors. I know you want to skip the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contribution, and I bet you'd want to find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. So call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 or online at marleyfg.com. Yeah, traffic. It is what it is. Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. There he was on the radio again. Kurt Knodek. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out. Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic. Do you need a financial strategy for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group. 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Solutions Group, Inc. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product and they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. For one Hey everyone, this is Ed Glover from Urban Impact. It's time for today's Man Up Minute message. Hi, this is Todd Shilkin, men's pastor from the Bible Chapel. Accountability is an important concept to a Christian man. Have you ever been part of an accountability group or had an accountability partner? Well, it says in Hebrews 10, 24-25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good work, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawn near. You got to surround yourselves with brothers who can lift you up. You got 
to lock arms with men that can encourage you and hold you accountable. Jesus calls us to be people who lock arms with one another and to do life together. That's why he surrounded himself with disciples. We too need to follow his model of ministry and surround ourselves with those who pour into us and those who we can pour into. I want to encourage you to lock arms and huddle up with other men. You won't regret it. I hope you were encouraged by today's Man Up Minute. For more information on our Man Up Conference on June 9th, visit us online at manuppittsburgh.org. The one problem I have with my minivan is the automatic closing doors. Word FM presents Ladies Night Out with comedian Amy Barnes. Because they make it really hard to express your anger to your children. 7 p.m. May 11th, Mother's Day weekend at Impact Christian Church. Because sometimes you just need to slam something on them so they know how you feel. And with my van, it's like... Uh... A night of laughing, shopping, and dining. Doors open at 5 p.m. Get tickets at wordfm.com. Mark Alley is with us. Mark is the editor at Christianity Today. And Christianity Today republished a really interesting conversation between Chuck Colson and Mark Galley about the Nixon White House years. And I, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to go right to, the, the, to Mark himself. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be with you. So, Mark, Christianity Today did a, a magnificent job in covering the death of oh Billy goodness. Graham. And um, and I know that you guys put a tremendous amount of effort into that. Um, and, and you covered um, the death not just of a man, but um, of a whole uh, era in America. That's good, yeah. Um, and a whole era in Christendom. And um, and so, first of all, kudos on that. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. But but this particular piece, um, you know, John found it over the weekend, and w- you know, we've talked about it. And I feel like um, we need to kind of set up who the players are. So first off, this is a, a transcription of a conversation you had with Chuck Colson. So explain to our listening audience who Chuck Colson was. Well, we had a relationship with Colson because he was a regular contributor of Christianity Today at the time. He'd been writing a, the back page column for s- some years but he came to our attention naturally after he was converted to Christ, uh, after his service with uh, President Nixon and his conviction uh, during the Watergate scandal. He, in fact, was um, known as President... He was a special counsel to President Nixon from uh, uh, late 60s to early 70s, and he was known uh, as being a no-nonsense hatchet man for Nixon. Uh, He would take people down, he would uncover scandals. He would do whatever it took to promote the the political life of uh, Richard Nixon. And that was yeah, that was his reputation. There's uh, quotes the effect that he would sacrifice his grandmother to to make sure that Nixon got elected to be president. Wow. I don't know if those are apocryphal or not, but it gives you the mm-hmm. idea yeah. of his reputation. Sure. So and then after he was convicted and went to prison, he has uh, I didn't know actually it happened before he went to prison, I guess. He had some conversations with some Christian gentlemen and Couple men, uh, Christian leaders uh, uh, in the Washington area, and he gave his life to Christ, which was um, at, in the day that that happened. That was 1973. This was like uh, it was on par with uh, St. Paul becoming a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because in many ways he was a dark and dangerous man who did the dirty work for a dirty administration. So, 
But the second half of Colson's life then was so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, he used like that. Paul. He used that exactly. It's a good point. He used that incredible uh, intellectual heft that he had, but instead of directing it and utilizing it in politics, he became a, an incredible voice uh, and a prolific voice in theology and in worldview uh, formation for Christians around the world. Yeah, and he the, he his while he was learning while he was relearning his uh, his theology, uh, he started uh, uh, an organization called Prison Fellowship. So it wasn't like he was in the uh, academic clouds learning about theology that he would later employ in his writing. Yeah. But he was uh, serving men in prisons uh, with the with the gospel that he himself had been converted to. So he. He's an interesting man that he worked at both those levels of working with uh, the marginalized, a particular group of marginalized people, prisoners, while at the same time enjoying uh, writing and then working with Catholics on uh, ecumenical documents and writing for Christianity Today. And uh, he was awarded the Templeton Prize for Progress in wow. uh, 1993. So that was just 20 years after his yes. conversion. So again, Chuck Colson doing dark and dangerous work, this time for just a much better boss. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although this boss can be dangerous too. Yes, he yes, can. He can. He's, he's no lamb, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. he's betrayed. So, Mark, you know, it's interesting that you and Kathleen are having this conversation, and to think that you know, there's a percentage of our audience who does not know who Chuck Colson is, does not know who Billy Graham was, and most likely, you know, has some minor passing knowledge of Richard Nixon, the president, the former president of the United States. But there was a time. When those three, especially Billy Graham and Richard Nixon, in their friendship, could move mountains with the influence and power that they had. But, of course, Richard Nixon, um, if you know any inkling of United States history at all, he essentially blew his political career up um, from the Watergate scandal where he hired a group of um, malcontents who were bumbling their way through some minor burglary. It was uh, pulled into a cover-up, and of course the cover-up was far, far worse than the crime. Essentially, at one point, uh, Richard Nixon was shown the door of the White House. He hopped on a helicopter and flew um, gratefully or sadly, depending on your political perspective, into uh, into the annals of history. But Billy Graham was for many decades a friend of that disgraced president, pre- and post-Watergate despair, and he had a very particular sort of catbird seat to go through this whole whole chapter with Richard Nixon. Yes, uh, and that was just uh, part of his uh, ministry, uh, Graham's ministry, was to have, what he wanted to have that type of relationship, or he was open to having that type of relationship with all the presidents, starting with Truman and then Eisenhower and then Kennedy briefly and then Johnson. But he seemed to have an especial affinity for uh, Nixon, at least early on. They, uh, I'm sure they shared uh, political leanings. And uh, I think with Nixon, I think he's a much more complex figure than we probably make him out to be. And I think his invitation to, uh, to Graham to come into the White House to talk with him and to pray with him was no doubt mixed. It was probably partly uh, political manipulation. But one gets the impression uh, when I interviewed Colson that uh, Nixon also had these deep spiritual longings he just didn't know what to do with. He didn't know mm-hmm. how to bond to them, and he didn't know how to mesh them with his more hardcore political 
attitudes and his, his actual venom he had toward. He had a great amount of anger and hate in, in him toward other his political opponents. So uh, I'm guessing Nixon, like most of us, was a deeply conflicted man with just a lot more power to use that that conflicted soul to wreak havoc on our nation. Now, Mark, in your conversation with uh, Chuck Colson, when you asked him to reflect on this friendship between Graham and Nixon that he observed, um, both of you acknowledged that it was a really strange pairing. I mean, just personality-wise, background-wise, attitude-wise, Billy Graham and Richard Nixon. Why were why were they friends? Why did why did Nixon trust him? Well, I think Nixon trusted him because uh, most everybody trusted him. Uh, Graham just had this uh, uh, way with people. When he would enter a room and start a conversation, he uh, he, he he just drew people to himself, uh, and he uh, they instinctively trusted him. I mean, partly it had to, probably to do with his reputation, but apparently in a one-on-one conversation, he was quite the quite the conversationalist. Graham, uh, in uh, after his. After his death, you know, we heard a, a number of stories, but one of them that I thought characterized uh, Graham at his best, he's on a show with Woody Allen, who was a comedian. Woody Allen was interviewing him, and actually, uh, you know, Allen is a pretty, pretty strong atheist, and so he was he was asking Graham some hard questions. And at one point in the interview, he asked Graham, "So you you believe in the Ten, Ten Commandments, right, Doctor Graham?" And he says, "Well, yes, I do." He said, "Well, which is your favorite?" And uh, Graham just responded, well, I'm the, I'm the parent of teenagers right now, so honor your mother and father is a pretty good one in my mind. <laughs> so he could have these serious conversations and interject these one-liners that just kept, kept things like to, to, to communicate to people that he was a real person with a deep, deep faith. So that combination, I think... Uh, just drew a lot of people to him. But isn't that curious? Isn't that curious, though, Mark? Because you know, listening to the Watergate tapes, reading about Nixon, Nixon hardly trusted anybody. I mean, Nixon didn't even trust his own allies. So, but and yet he trusted Billy Graham. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, now, Nixon apparently didn't show his. We didn't know, and uh, if you lived through that time, everyone was shocked at the the once the Watergate tapes were. Uh, or the presidential tapes were released. Uh, we we were all shocked at the type of language that uh, President Nixon used, the types of venom that he displayed toward his political enemies. Um, maybe insiders knew about this, but the American public didn't. And I sincerely doubt that when he was in the presence of Billy Graham, he swore or mm-hmm. said hateful right. things. Yeah. Maybe off the cuff, yeah. uh, anti-Semitic things, which were not uncommon in his circle in his day, but nothing. Nothing to the extraordinary extent that we that we were learn we would to learn about later. So I'm, I'm sure he was on his best behavior uh, with Graham, like most people are in front of reverends. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> There's two sides of that always. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, what was that like to hear Chuck Colson talk about that relationship with uh, two very strong men? Uh, you know, the the politics of today are certainly different, but in many ways as contentious as the politics right after uh, Watergate. And everybody wanted to know about Richard Nixon. And the idea that he was a, a believer was hard to stomach for a lot of people. But to have Billy Graham talk to you in your darkest, deepest moments and all that national public humiliation, that had to be something to be part of that, that, that conversation and to have Chuck Colson comment on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there there were rumors that Nixon hadn't got down on his knees and yeah. prayed, 
to receive Christ as a Savior. Uh, I I guess I don't doubt that that sort of thing happened. You just don't know, though, what's... And I have... I guess I tend to be hopeful, and I tend to think of a situation like that and think, okay, at the moment, uh, I believe he probably was sincere and that he was mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with his life and how he could get it together. Whether he understood fully what he was doing, whether he continued to act on it, whether he tried to develop that, whether he, or on the other hand, whether he just dropped it and mm-hmm. moved on, I have no idea. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness that God is a fair judge and he can do that. But I think one, one thing that we all, um, that I take away from this is that what we, what we see in any political figure, uh, and this includes uh, Mr. Trump, uh, who we look at and we see someone who's caustic, and who says things that are uh, in, inappropriate toward other groups? Uh, that would be the that would be the kindest way of putting it. Sometimes, and he comes off as blustering, and uh, his, his the worst sides of his character are on display for all the public to see. Um, there's still a private self going on, yes. and we don't know what's going on with that. Now we have evangelical um, advisors around him who say there's something much more positive and hopeful going on. Uh, I have no reason to think they're lying. But as we know, uh, religious people have been fooled by the false piety of political leaders for centuries. And But at the same time, we also recognize that there's a piety that goes on in people in their deepest, darkest, in their deepest selves that we just don't have access to. We do not, yeah. Right, and it's, not, and it's not for us to know. No, of course not. Which is fascinating right. because as I'm reading this conversation you had with Chuck Colson a few years back, that you, you said, you asked Chuck Colson, how did Graham's personality fit with Nixon? And, and I love this. I th- thought about this all weekend long. Uh, Chuck Colson says, I don't want to say that he, had, uh, he was naive, but even in his most, and this is Billy Graham, talking about Billy Graham, even in his most unguarded moments, you see someone who has a really pure heart. And I, I mean, who says that about another man today? It is the rare person among us that we would say that man has a really pure heart, especially to hear someone like Billy Graham, who had been politicized and run through all sorts of machinations as someone, you know. And he was about to get run through a lot more. Yes, he was. But the idea of, you know, Billy Graham just passed away here a short while ago. You think of this man as someone with a pure heart. I just absolutely, that just stopped me in my tracks when I read that. Yeah, and I think uh, Colson nailed it. Uh, he says, I don't want to say he had naivete. But, but the fact of the matter is, I think if you are going to be a person who God gifts with a pure heart and you want to strive for that and ask God to give you that, I do think we will be seen as people who are naive and simplistic mm-hmm. at times. I think that's just one of the costs. And so when he, <laughs> when Jesus at the end of that series of per, uh, Beatitudes talks about uh, that we are the type of people who will be persecuted and slandered, I think that's one of the things we'll be slandered about, is that we will, we will sincerely try to be people that are pure of heart, and we will try to understand people at their deepest and best selves mm-hmm. as people created in the image of God. And sometimes we'll come across as naive. Yes. Um, but I think that can easily be confused with, with pure in heart. Naive, yeah. And so then later on, you, you, ask, you ask Chuck Colson, how might Graham have adapted to being a friend of a president? And again, Chuck Colson says, what I, what I saw in Graham was what I now recognize as holiness. Mm. 
pure in heart and holiness. Now, I'm not lifting, you know, but still. There's it's not like Billy Graham was, was Jesus. perfect, right. But no. there is something remarkable about that statement. To have someone like Chuck Colson, who was a rough and brutal character, and then for him to come to Jesus and then recognize that instrument of Jesus in Billy Graham, I mean, that's just a, a fabulous, you know, thread. And there you were in the front seat to pull this out of him. Yeah. And I, I think even even Graham recognizes that, yeah, once you get in a relationship like that, you were subject to being manipulated. He admits that he was and that he fell for it in part. But still, I think that's part of the kind of the risk we take when we want to minister to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's, it's for us on the on the ground level. It's like for us, we're we're walking down the street and somebody, some beggar, wants to uh, asks for money or somebody needs our help. And I mean, one of what was our first reaction? I don't want to be taken advantage of. Right. Um, and sometimes I think being a Christian means risking being taken advantage of and being misunderstood and being abused and misused. Um, not naturally, you have we have to use prudential judgment, and we don't give we don't give to everyone who asks of us. Uh, obviously, it's because it's not for their best good. Yes. But just to be concerned about being taken advantage of strikes me as a sub-Christian motive, mm-hmm. to which I admit to feeling way too often. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other side, to be pure and, and open and to strive for holiness, I mean, that's a wonderful way to live a life as well. It is, indeed. Mark, last question for you. Um, you talked to Chuck Colson about um, him being the head of the movement in the Nixon administration to get more religious people into the White House. Um, you write that Chuck Colson said that it was the very first time there had been this type of concerted effort to do so. Um, and at one point, he asked Billy Graham if he could have Billy Graham's mailing list. He had done this with other other religious leaders, but this is the first time he had asked Billy Graham. Can you talk about that conversation? Yeah, so... Uh I don't know how the ask was made, and Graham, uh, because he was friends with Nixon and probably didn't uh, enjoy just saying no to people flat out, said he would think about it. But then he thought about it and talked to his advisors and thought, no, you know, that would really be a bad idea. That would compromise my integrity as an evangelist uh, and as a minister of the gospel, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't know how Nixon took the no, but obviously, Graham, that was a that was a fine moment for Graham. Uh, I'm sure he was deeply tempted because he did support many of Nixon's policies and would have liked to have seen him uh, easily elected. He was elected even without that. But that is, that relationship, uh, I think that's one thing we just, uh, we as Christians, especially in this day and age, when uh, uh, how politicians interact with religious people is so much more in the news today, that is something we all have to be wary of. It's just not letting our our integrity get compromised by the wishes of whatever politician wants from us. Well, not Mark, easy to know how, how to do. It is not. No, it's not. Well, Mark, you know, I got to be honest. And all the things that I've read about Billy Graham over these, you know, the time since his death, all the platitudes, all the bios, all the all the analyses. All I that. mean, you they've run the gambit, right? But to hear Chuck Colson talk about Billy Graham as pure of heart and holy. That mm-hmm. really struck me the most. So I really appreciate the conversation you had with him years ago and that Christianity Today released it once again so we could, uh, we could see a, another image of this man who, uh, who truly was holy among us. Yeah, amen. amen. Yeah, he's a Protestant saint. If we can have saints, he's, he's Very good. I'll take it. Very nice. Mark Alley, he's the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. If you want to buy a home, we could help you get a great mortgage that may require as little as 3% down. And we also invented Rocket Mortgage. It gives you a solid approval in as few as eight minutes. And for eight years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call America's largest mortgage lender at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Results may vary. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. Business is booming, and so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge, find weekly encouragement from 8.15 to 9.30 a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals, and make friends. Find your Christian Business Partners at cbp316.com. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll see clear skies across the area tonight, the low 45 degrees. Tomorrow, another beautiful-looking day with bright sunshine, a warmer afternoon, high 76. Clear skies and mild tomorrow night, low 57. Wednesday, sunshine will be mixed with some clouds, breezy and very warm, with highs right around 80 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Those are magic numbers. 76 degrees. Oh, oh, bring it. 80 Bring it. Please, put the screens in the windows, open the doors. I don't care about even spring anymore. I'm just, this brings summer upon us. Let's just skip right over spring because it's been cold and dreary. Just saying. I'm excited. All right, me too, yeah. Absolutely excited. Okay, one of the things you're excited about is the, uh, this, this is the last day of April. Now, 30 days past September, April. I mean, I can say the rest, too. <laughs> I just wanted to stop there. It's a month for it. Okay, that's fine. Okay, last day of April. This has been your particularly poetry month. It has. It's National Poetry Month, mm-hmm. which we didn't realize until the 5th. Okay. So we, we, we missed the first four days. That's all right. But you're the one that brought it up. I did. National Poetry Month. I, I brought it up because I, I think I'd seen a poem. So, oh, I know. That's right. I, yeah. I had read a poem somewhere that I wanted to share with you. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I, it was a brief poem and I read it on, on the air. Mm-hmm. And then one of our guests, I think that very day, uh, Comment Magazine, where he is the uh, the editor, the publisher. James K.A. Smith. Yes. And James says, well, yeah, every, every edition of Comment Magazine is a quarterly. We come out and we have a poem in the first several pages. Mm-hmm. And I commended him for his excellent taste. And then you made the admission that what? I don't like poetry. Cat doesn't like poetry. 
Stop the presses. This is a woman who reads every spare moment of her life. But reading pro... Thank you, Mike. That's the uh, poetry shaming sound effect. <laughs> Which has been in place for almost 30 whole days. Yeah, she's, we've used but it a that's lot. that's okay. That's okay. Oh, you've turned because the corner I, here in a big way. Because I took it as... An, I, I decided it was important to improve myself. Mm-hmm. Plus, you guilted me publicly. I did. Um, and so I said, yes, I would accept the challenge. Yeah. Um, and I have read a poem every single day of the month of April. And... You've not only done that, you've also endeared your daughter, if it was even possible, even I, more so to you. I know. My my 19-year-old daughter, who has loved poetry literally since she could read, yeah. it has always bothered her that I don't like poetry. Mm. She wants to share poems with me, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Eh, skip it. Well, when this came out, that she kid. was like, my prayers are answered. So she has sent me a poem every day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was going to go out and look for poems. I haven't had to go out and look for poems. I got one in my inbox every day. Done. So for the rest of your life, you, your daughter would share May, a poem I bet she you. would every single day, and she'd love it. She'd be go. thrilled with it. That's I mean, her new job. Yeah. I mean, I just talked to her yesterday, and she, you know what she said first thing? Hmm. Mom, tomorrow's the last day. Uh-oh. Like, she was like, oh, my gosh, this has been such a wonder. I have to say to you, I'm into it. Yeah. I am. Of course you are. It was just like what you said, John. Thank it's you. like with the pirates and baseball and everything. Thank I, you, you know? Appreciate it. I should really stop fighting you about it. No, things, I'm just giving you suggestions. I'm not trying to make it a life rule. It was really, it's been very, very good. I'm trying to make it work. So my daughter, Anna, decided that, that this poem for today, the last day of national, of reading for National Poetry Month, would, should be about someone who discovered poetry too. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Mike, may I have my poetry music, please? How I Discovered Poetry by Marilyn Nelson. It was like soul kissing, the way the words filled my mouth as Mrs. Purdy read from her desk. All the other kids zoned an hour ahead to 3.15, but Mrs. Purdy and I wandered lonely as clouds borne by a breeze off Mount Parnassus. She must have seen the darkest eyes in the room brim. The next day, she gave me a poem she'd chosen especially for me to read to the all-except-for-me white class. She smiled when she told me to read it, smiled harder and said, oh, yes, I could. She smiled harder and harder until I stood and I opened my mouth to banjo-playing darkies, pickaninnies, disses, and dats. And when I finished, my classmates stared at the floor. We walked silent to the buses, awed by the power of words. That's fabulous. Who's the poet? Marilyn Nelson. And the poem is called? How I Discovered Poetry. That's lovely. I mean, that doesn't happen in prose. No, How did I miss this? I've, I've spent many decades missing this. Yeah. I mean, thinking of a, of a, of a black girl in an all-white class yeah. and Here's someone giving you not just a poem to read, but a poem written by another person of your ethnic group yeah. and what that did for everybody in the class. Just and really it wonderful. was like hearing something for the first time because because it was right. new, fresh, clean for her. Yes, and, and for the for class. Them. Right, they saw her one way, and as she read the poem, it was a totally different way. I love that. Okay, uh, you've read. I th- you started out. I got to say this. I was away at the beginning of the month, so you took the opportunity to uh, belittle and deride me. Yeah, but that was only on one day. 
No, it was it was a National Haiku Day, and yeah. since we were already celebrating National Poetry Month, mm-hmm. and you'd called in sick, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was the perfect. Mike, wasn't it the perfect opportunity to write quasi-insulting poetry about John? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Every I was. Day is a great Who are day you two? No, listen. I trust you guys with no. so much, and then you like deride me. No, it was just it was mild derision. This wasn't no, 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 like no, no, no. wasn't like the no, White no. House correspondence dinner, John. Okay, like you know, know, develop thicker skin. Few things are like that. Uh, well, I do have a little thin skin about that. I'll mm, admit. Do Mike you? sees that as well. Mm-hmm. You didn't even invite us. What to, to my sick bed? Well, whatever. He took a you day didn't off. Invite no. us? I was sick. Yeah, we could have. I'm really sick. We could have. Like Mike would be a good nursemaid. All right, next time I'm sick, I'm going to call you. Come on over. <laughs> Come on, let's share a hoagie together. You know what's sad huh. is when you're not here, whether it's sick or vacation. Uh-huh. It's not the first time we've made fun no, of him when he wasn't no, here. No, I know. I, I, I know it's coming. That's yeah, why that's I, sad. I rarely I, want to take a day off because I know I'm going to get beat up. Anyway. And it's not like we plan it. It just kind of right, naturally flows. Just naturally flows. Yeah. Which makes me wonder how much do you really like me? No, a lot. Or not. Very I don't much. Think so. Very much. It's not, again, no, 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 no. It's not like there's thinly veiled criticism I'm trying to get a point across or anything. It's just <laughs> it, it's the way we show our enduring no. affection. It feels like a cheap shot no no i'm just saying just a haiku oh wait a haiku can never be a cheap shot oh. right. it's a five seven five it's a cheap shot they five were, seven five cheap were, shot. they were pretty good yeah. did you read them of course i did <laughs> and that and i tweeted them back saying this is why you should never take a day off of work <laughs> that was mean that was mean it was mean holy smokes okay can i read up some poem i would love it okay because i've been wanting to read this, this is poem. the first okay john's gonna read a poem do Sorry, you get john, poem? i do we not time i don't want music no he doesn't want music I guess that's my signature poetry no, music. No music. He doesn't want music. No, right. no. Music. he wants to okay. do it music-free. Okay. Thank you. And Meg says I would never mock John Hall. God bless you, Meg. You're my favorite. What a Listen. Okay. All right. This is this is a poem called uh, "Smokers," Sunday morning, 1975. Hmm. Bye. Bobby C. Rogers. Bobby C. Rogers. Three or four of them congregated outside the sanctuary of the First Baptist Church in McKenzie, Tennessee savoring the last cigarette before service, voices low and knowing, a slight rasp edge to their laughter. Cigarettes would kill you. I was ten years old and could read what it said right in the pack, but ignoring warnings was just another habit these men couldn't kick. Once or twice a year, the Reverend O. M. Dagnow singled them out, preaching against tobacco. With a spewing disdain, he usually reserved for the package liquor ordinance, coming up for a vote. The body is a temple, was the sermon text, and he hollered his exordium and exposition until his veins bulged. But the smokers were firmly in the grip of this world, and none of them seemed to mind it. A soft pack of camels soon to be retrieved from the inside pocket of their Sunday suit, an unfiltered cigarette shaken loose, the clack of their steel lighters becoming a kind of music. They were polite, even when preached at, but they had commitments this side of heaven they aimed to keep. These were not the deacons, never the ones praying earnestly into the pulpit microphone. They sat the pew next to their wives on Sunday and all through the week drove tower motor forklifts or pulled electrical cable, not once clocking in red. A lit cigarette looked like a paper trifle in their work-hardened hands. They exhaled jets of milky smoke and greeted everyone who greeted them and some who didn't. Mr. Fowler died of lung cancer, but I'm still not sure it proved all the preacher said it did. To me, manhood looked just like this. Stand up straight and take what you had coming. There, in the shadow of the sycamore tree, 
No need to glance at a wristwatch to figure how long before the sermon started. That's it. Sunday Smokers, morning, 1975. Just a bunch of guys. That's good. Bunch of blue-collar working guys. Good. Take a break, come back. I like poetry. Yeah. It's happened to me. It's good. It's words. I don't recognize myself. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront, no hidden costs or fees, and owning the rights to my own work. It all starts with our free author submission kit. Call 800-566-1012. We'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute books online and in bookstores everywhere. You'll see your books in Christian bookstores Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. If you have a biography, novel, devotional, self-help, or other inspirational work, we get it published. We provide professional book editing, award-winning design, with the highest royalty structure in the industry. Plus, you retain 100% rights to your work. Get your book published today. Call for your free author submission kit at 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. Hi, this is John Hall. How'd you sleep last night? I slept good, real good. Last night, I fell asleep fast. Then I dreamt about tropical beaches, little puppies, a mountain of candy, and steak. I mean, that's a really good night's sleep. And I woke up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's all thanks to my pillow, And that same great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go. Right now, inventor Mike Lindell is offering his four-pack special for Word FM listeners. Get two full-size MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows so there's no excuse not to get a good night's sleep wherever you go. Plus, the machine washable and dryable and are backed by MyPillow's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. The nation's largest Christian music festival, Creation Northeast, celebrating its 40th anniversary, returns to Agape Farm in Mount Union, Pennsylvania, June 27th through the 30th, featuring Toby Bath, Fort King and Country, Jeremy Camp, Bethel Music, Mandisa, Hillsong Young and Free, Jordan Feliz, a special reunion of classic Petra and more, plus speakers Tony Tony Nolan, Reed Saunders, Keith Adams, Abdu Murray, Vince Vitale, and more. Join thousands of believers at Creation Northeast. It will be the highlight of your summer. Maybe your life. More info at creationfest.com. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeal Athletics to Fine Arts, Service Activities, and more. Eden Christian Academy. Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. The Buffalo Museum of Science has come across something really unusual and super fascinating. Um, They've had this, uh, like this big 
egg, a cast egg. You know how museums have casts. Oh yeah, you sure. know. So that oftentimes what you the real deal yeah, is what, not yeah, present. what you see on the on the floor of the museum is a cast because the original thing is too precious and it has right, to be. Right, right. So anyway, there was just a big egg that they had that was like a cast, whatever. And um, recently, people started looking at it and saying, oh, "Now wait a minute, that doesn't really look like a cast. What is what is that?" Anyway, so they thought, well, what what, what else is it going to be? I mean, it's gigantic. It's a foot long, and it's two feet in circumference. I mean, it's huge. What? Yeah. So, so anyway, they had it x-rayed. It's an actual egg. Okay, they had it in with all the casts. This is an actual egg. Wait, the the egg yes. is two this is, feet this long. Is, the egg is one foot long and two feet in circumference. Oh my goodness! It is the egg of an elephant bird. What is an elephant? Bird? Which is now extinct. I mean, it is the biggest egg laid by any vertebrate ever, and that includes dinosaurs. Really? Yeah. This egg, volume-wise, is the equivalent of 150 chicken eggs. And for decades, it was sitting in the buffalo, like just tossed in with a bunch of casts. It's an actual egg. That's a big omelet. You can't change the whole world, but you can be part of the change in the world for a child living in poverty by becoming a Compassion International Child Sponsor. You can choose a child to sponsor now at Compassion.com slash radio. That's Compassion.com slash radio. What the heck happened okay, there? Okay, so that was kind of crazy, wasn't it? Okay, so the museum is shocked that they've got an actual egg here. Okay, yeah. but they had an x-ray. It clearly shows a yolk sac and white material and everything. Like, this is an actual egg. Cool. So they, they figured it out um, and did some research on elephant birds, which became extinct in the 17th century. Okay? <laughs> but listen, elephant birds could grow to a height of 10 feet and weigh... 1,100 pounds. What? 1,100 pounds. Holy smokes. They were flightless, probably because of their immense size. They were found on Madagascar and probably disappeared due to a combination of factors, said Newsweek. (laughs) Okay? Um, And the giant eggs, because of how shockingly huge they were, were attractive to poachers. And so they think that that also could have contributed to the fact that they they became extinct, right? So this has been in the Buffalo collection since 1939. And this whole time, nobody knew it was an actual – I mean, this is like such an unbelievably rare find that there's an intact elephant bird egg. But where did it come from? They Who's bought had it. it. They bought, it's been in the it's been in the Buffalo Museum of Science this whole time. But before that, before then, it was owned by a London collector. A London collector. Yeah, that's who sold it to Someone the museum. Someone walking the bogs, mm-hmm. finding this thing. Right. That is super cool. So it's going to be on display at the museum starting in May. Oh, okay. The actual egg, not a cast of it. No, no, no. But the actual egg. I yeah. mean, can you like look? Mike's pulling up pictures of it. Look how huge it is. It is gigantic. I Holy mean, it's smokes. enormous. Is John Voigt with the egg. <laughs> It oh, does kind of look like right John. Here, it looks like yeah, John it does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it. That's Holy the elephant smokes. bird egg. That is crazy nutty. Be proud to own that egg, quite honestly. Would you? Yeah, okay. I would, yeah, yeah. Did you know that today is Honesty Day? I did not. I yeah. cannot tell a lie. It's true. The reason that they picked it was because the uh, the month of April begins with April, April Fool's. Fool's Day, and it's also the month where uh, George Washington was born. And he, you know, the fable is that George Washington never told a lie. I see. No, wait, no. we had lunch today uh, with someone who was was. They were talking about anagrams. And, Enneagram. Enneagram. And mm-hmm. 
What, what was the thing that was his core? Well, that everybody he was a deceiver, right? Everybody, the Enneagram apparently reveals to you the parts of yourself, your sin, you know, nature. Your, your sin nature, the harshness, of right? Your sin and nature. his sin nature was deception. He was coming to grips with that, yeah, right. That he just has a tendency to put on, you know, a facade for people in, you know, work life and whatever, which is what what, what ours is. You kidding me? So the Enneagram apparently is some big deal, right? Yeah, so these personality tests, like I remember taking the Myers-Briggs. The Myers-Briggs annoyed me. I took and I did strength. I did Myers-Briggs. I did Strength Finder. I've had to do all these for work. I did the MCOR though a year ago. That was my. That was the one I thought was most illustrative. Really? Yeah, MCOR was really good. When you took the job here and we ran, we did a test. We just did a reading test. We were just happy that you could read. <laughs> she literate. No, but there, you wanted to know if I'd read no Huckleberry Finn or Lord of the Rings. But could you imagine if you and I took a personality test? We, we get along fine. We might. Except when you diss me when I go away. Yeah, and, but that's just part of the <laughs> charm of it. Yeah, yeah, it's charming. Yeah. It is. How would that look? I mean, what, what would that look like? I have no idea. What have if you and your husband ever done one? No. Really? What if we went and did Enneagram together, the two of us? That, Let's I, take new Mike. Okay. Come in. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Albert. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.